Mandy Yakich from Creative Matters, and you're listening to Creative Matters On Air, where I have conversations with new and established artists from around New Zealand. I love to listen to artists' stories and learn about their creative process, and maybe you do too, which is why I've made this podcast, to inspire, inform and educate. I hope you can take away something positive and encouraging from each of these amazing stories to help you on your own creative journey. Morena, and welcome to Creative Matters. Thank you very much for being here. Today I am speaking with Fraser Williamson, also known as Fraz. Fraser has had a love of art since he was a young boy and has been creating incredibly distinguishable paintings and illustrations for 35 years. In the early 90s, he became known as Red Shark Art and Illustration, putting his dreams and musings to canvas and his love of diversity and the quirky to paper for children's books. Fraser sees himself as a magpie picking up ideas and styles anywhere from Mesopotamian base reliefs to underground comics. The ocean, family beach life, time spent in Tonga and Spain are constantly reflected in his work. Fraser creates wondrous narrative scenes, some of which he doesn't understand himself. We had a really fun chat on a blustery Midui day about his wild dreams that end up making appearances in his work, the way he sits in a cafe and collects ideas from a random magazine, snippets of conversations or passes by while he's drinking his coffee, and his dream of writing and illustrating his own books, and his amazing narrative painting process, amongst many other things. I really love meeting the fabulous Fraser, and I'm sure you'll enjoy and relate to many aspects of his fascinating story. You can see his images on Creative Matters blog, creativematters.co.nz, and also he has a website, redshark.co.nz. Hi, Fraser. Hi, Mandy. Nice to meet you. Likewise. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming all the way out to Mirawai on a very gusty, blustery day. No, it's gorgeous. I sat down to the beach for a wee while and uh, had a little watch of the uh, kite surfers down there. Yeah, yeah it's gorgeous. perfect. Yeah. So um, welcome to Creative Matters. Uh, thank you. Yes. So uh, let's get straight into it, as we always do. Can you tell us, I know that you were born on the North Shore and your dad was a quite well-known doctor, Dr. Williamson at um, from Devonport. And so I actually, in my 20s, did some was flatting in Devonport and kind of knew of your family. And mm. I think I did meet one of your brothers at some point. So um, can you tell us what kind of childhood you had and how your dad as a doctor felt about your creative soul? Right. I, I mean, interestingly, I was the only one that wasn't born in Devonport, actually, Mandy. All the others were. Dad, dad had his first um, uh, internship at uh, Thames Hospital, so I was I was born down there, and then, then we came back. Uh, but the, all the other three were born, were born down there. Um, <clears throat> we had a very uh, beachy childhood. It was, you know, we, we lived down in Cheltenham, so we, we spent our entire life in the water and fishing and, uh, and diving and the, that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> How my parents felt about my creative thing, I'm not too sure. I think they they were very uh, they were quite keen on um, 
on a professional life and it perhaps wasn't their their ideal first choice but it was something that I always sort of uh wanted to do it took me a long time to get round to it eventually to do professionally uh, creative work professionally it took me a long long time to get there uh, and I did about every kind of job you can imagine getting there I was a trained half half trained as a psychiatric nurse and I worked in a book warehouse for years and I trained as a teacher a secondary school teacher art and art history but um it, it was just something that I, I i'd always naturally inclined to so i, I mm. I'd, I'd always drawn and i i if if asked i i would always have said that that's what i would like to do and so um but it took me quite a while it took me quite a while to get there probably not when i was about 30 i think i finally started coming around mm, to it um that's interesting yeah, yeah yeah and great that you you finally got there i guess yes yeah yes. not everybody does no and, and so what sort of um what sort of things were you creating as a teenager and as a younger kid all sorts of things. I just, I just naturally like to draw. I just, I naturally drew, and so I drew and painted, and I made things too. I enjoyed the garage. I used to, you know, I made a little light box once, and that kind of thing. I loved getting in the garage and making things, and, um, but I. I would draw a lot. I'd paint a lot. I've still got a big folio of, of stuff from way, way back. I've mm. got just about everything I've ever done. I think I still got it in my plan drawers. Oh, amazing. Uh, and, uh, but it was very random. I just whatever I felt like and whatever was interest interesting to me. Um, and it was very, very much not a professional um, mm. thing. I think there's quite an interesting change from doing something as a pleasurable hobby to something professional. It becomes quite a different thing after a while. Yeah. It becomes, it becomes, becomes work and you can, you can tire of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It has, <laughs> like a, anything. it has a bit of a change. I'm just going to let my dog out as always. She's. Decided to join us. Okay, so the dog's out. There's a lot of wind happening as well. Hopefully we won't hear that. Can you tell us, Fraser, about um, art at high school for you? Uh, yes, it, it was something that I pursued right through high school, but especially later. Um, once I got to the sort of seventh form year, uh, uh, it was, as I say, it was 74, it was 1974 when I was getting towards the end of high school and uh, the, the art, art teaching was reasonably formal, uh, but, um, and so I was sort of chafing at it a little bit by the time I got to the end, but I got, I wanted to go to the um, ATI to do graphic arts, so I, d I essentially went around and told all my teachers, I'm sorry, but um, I'm not doing any of my other subjects, I'm just going to do this art portfolio for for the uh, for the rest of the year, and uh, and I did that, and I and I bought a radiogram and I put it in the into the seventh form common room for some unknown reason. They let me, they let me do that. And I drove all the academic types nuts by playing Frank Zappa records and things like that all through, <laughs> all through that. I think I eventually I think they they finally made me stop. But um, so I put so I did a portfolio there and I put that into the ATI and I got accepted for the ATI. I mm. think that was um, seventy five around about that I that I went to the. That's ATI. actually quite a smart move you know at that time to be able to focus but to go to school to do the do the work but yeah. not have to do the the exam i guess no no yeah. they just, they just basically I, I they just left me alone they just let me let me do it so That's i so just good. i just drew day and night so i put together quite a nice so i still got all the pieces i think from that portfolio mm. at home um or so quite a few of them even at that age you you were quite sort of comfortable in your style and knew what you wanted to make um, style, style was a little different, but but yes, in some ways, if I look back at the at the older work, there was definitely the germ of of what I'm doing now was, was there right at the beginning. I love that that sort of that illustrative, um, a certain kind of 
uh, what it was a narrative sort of illustrative look, which mm. is which is in my work now, was 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 there even then? Mm, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you got into um, ATI, and yes. then what happened from there? Um, I d- <laughs> I did ATI for for a while, but they eventually, unfortunately, they had to ask me to leave um, because I was I was uh, how would you put it? I was a uh, my my youth was a little wild and you know wild and ready, and so um, so. <laughs> I, I was not particularly cooperative, and I was I was perhaps more of a distraction to other people than they than they preferred. So I think that was in fact the reason they gave me. They said, you know, you, you, you're making it difficult for other people if you like to go and do something else. <laughs> so 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 I, so I left, but it did give me a really good foundation in um, in basic sort of uh, paint skills and things like that. I, I could I could. I could work with gouache and paint, which I did for for most of my or a good two thirds of my illustrating career. I've I've used gouache, um, and then I then I worked then I developed into doing um, uh, digital work because mm. I just I, I'd done it for so long. I was just actually tired of doing it, so mm. so I, I started doing digital work, which is which I've been doing up until now. So mm. yeah, yeah, that's great. And I guess you know, did you find it? It was actually hard. At ATI, being told what to do when you were already kind of following your own path a little bit, or was it more just being wild, wild child? <laughs> more, more the latter, I think. <laughs> more, more being the wild, but it was difficult. I've, I've always been, I've always, I've always chafed a little at being told what to do. I'm, I'm not a great person with authority. I'm not, I don't, I don't do too well with it, and uh, that's probably something you need to grow into or grow out of. <laughs> yeah, or maybe <laughs> <Why> not. <laughs> or maybe not. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. But I've, but I've always been very, very, in some ways, kind of. Determined wouldn't be quite the right word, but I've always very much had a had an eye on where I where I wanted to go. So I've I've made choices along the way which have been very um, particular for doing what I want to do, and it's meant that I've had to be quite flexible. You know, I've done a few school talks where kids have asked me about that, and I said, well, you know, chances are you're not going to be a millionaire, but you're going to have a life that you enjoy, and it's if you're doing illustration, if you make the same kind of choices I made, you know, you you. My wife and I have always laughed to say how how far can we downsize to actually do, <laughs> do what we both do, and quite a long way. Yeah, <laughs> it seems that's so good. Uh, I mean, it's a great way to live, isn't it? Just doing something that you're so passionate about. Yes, yeah, yeah. You've got that. That's that's always been my my my, my primary choice. Yeah, mm. yeah. But but I've been lucky too. You know, I've also um, in the illustration sense in the early days, I, I've been very lucky. I've I've um, I've always earned quite well. Um, for quite a long period of time, and now we sort of swap roles. Lois is now earning earning well. I'm earning less, and so I, I am able to paint more now because of that. So it's an interesting transition. Mm. So, um, so we've we've both uh, we've both sort of taken that role at various different times. But yeah. at the moment, she's the uh, she's the prime breadwinner. I'm the the cook and bottle washer. <laughs> so good! How brilliant! Yeah. And it's quite interesting, isn't it, Fraser, that you have these sort of two. It's almost like two art practices that kind of connect but are also slightly different, yes. you know, with the illustration and the painting. Yes. Yeah. So can you talk to us about um, your illustration first because that's what came first and how you got into that and how you developed your Red Shark business and um, then we can talk about the painting. Okay. I, I, um, 
I, I worked at Penguin Books for quite a while, and, and, and it was Longman Paul at the time, too, Penguin Books and Longman Paul, as a warehouseman, and a job came up there as um, in the graphic arts area. And I, I applied for it because I knew that I had the skills for it, but they, they couldn't quite imagine me out of the warehouse and in the office. That wasn't <laughs> – they couldn't see that. So so I left, and I got a job at the um, Pacific Island Resource Center, and it was a good friend of mine, Ian McNee, was working there, and uh, we did uh, bilingual readers and they had a newspaper and things like that we produced we produced those uh, uh, there but he also was doing children's books with it with a number of publishers and so he very kindly introduced me to all the people that he knew so I, I, I put together a portfolio of what what I thought might be appropriate and went and met um, two or three of the people that he worked with and I almost immediately got a job so it was, so it was really good I got two piece two pieces of work and then I almost had too much work to uh, have another job but not quite enough to earn a living so I had to just basically launch off and hope for the best and so um, I've been doing it ever since and so mm. it's, it was great I, yeah. I, the first book I did was a Joy Cowley book interestingly called The White Horse and um <clears throat> And uh, I, I still have all the all the drawings and the sketches and everything from that. That that was my first book, and then I think I got something from uh, Polly Forks was the uh, was the the designer at Longman Paul. She gave me a, a lot of really nice work doing um, interesting illustration work for their textbooks and things like that. So mm. so I just I just launched off into that and I just progressively got to know different publishers and eventually doing the school journals and things like that. Uh, I did a lot of work for the still still do that work now to this day so uh so there's still such a thing as school journals there are still school journals yeah they the, the government um they had a place called learning media and they did it as a as a government thing for quite a while and then they for some unknown reason decided that the government shouldn't be involved in doing uh school literature for some i i have no idea why they decided but they did so that they put it out to tender as a as a commercial venture and so people had to tender for it and uh uh, lift education are the ones that have been doing that since then they got right. the first tender and I think they've they've won it since so I'm still working with them and mm. and a couple of satellite businesses that um, um, that uh, mm. work around them so that's yeah. great yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and so um how does that I mean we can talk about your business in a minute and how you started that but the actual process of of illustrating a book how does that work uh, they'll send you a. Um, they'll decide if there's something that they think is appropriate for your style. They send you a um, the text, and. Um, and a layout so you get text and layout and progressively as they get to know you better they give you less and less instructions and they'll but they'll give you pretty pretty decent I, I, I don't mind I don't mind any level of instructions in terms of content but as soon as it gets into style I start we start having a problem because there's some people you know would start on oh, I don't like the noses on the side and I don't like the two eyes and blah, blah, blah. so I, I I have run into into strife and and have lost work because I I haven't wanted to compromise on on what I do style wise, but content wise they give you a pretty good brief. Um, you then um, sketch out um, the pages that and send them down a rough in rough form. Um, and usually I can do it quite roughly these days. It's fairly it's pretty mm. pretty wild and ready when I. And see. you're still hand drawing. Those? Still hand drawing all the roughs. Yes, yeah, still doing that. I still I still love doing the hand drawing. So. Um, then you send it to them. They come back. You, you you do a little backwards and forwards where they where they approve the thing and say oh, we're not so sure about this. Can you do this and that? And then when they agree on the te- on the on the content, um, then I get to illustrating it and I sit down. And what I used to do was then I'd I'd, I'd paint it up uh, with gouache on uh, good 
good um, art paper and then I'd um, basically um, box it up and mail it to them and they'd do all the scanning and everything like mm. that. So so not being a great uh, business tycoon, I lost most of my work. It all disappeared into various vaults. I think they've probably still got massive amounts of it in various places. Some 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 people just abandoned the warehouses and I had a person who sent me a whole lot of stuff from Australia from one of the publishing companies who basically just abandoned the warehouse of all their artwork wow. and this person went and they saw some of my work and rang me and said, oh, would you like it so they send it back to me mm. but but um so then and then they do all the publishing thing but these days of course you just do the thing and i come down and i produce it digitally so i do the digital thing and i just um send it on down the wires put it on mm. one of the but where you can send a decent sized file yeah. i put it on one of those formats and it's quite different isn't it yeah it is and with digital do you still do a, a quick drawing to start with yep and then how do you process the digital side uh it's a bit clunky, really, because I'm, I'm. I have a uh, even my digital work is very manual. It's just like I call it scratch and fill. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's not exactly. I haven't got great techniques in terms of the. I do it in Photoshop, but I, I haven't got great techniques on Photoshop. But I tend to. I, I take. I like doing a pencil drawing to to send the final rust off them. I like doing a quite a refined pencil drawing so I can actually get everything right now. And what I then do is go over again with a squeaker and redo it all again as a sort of almost a, a digital template which is mm. you've got all the details are gone, you've just got basic shapes and the things you want, and then I stick it in and I, and I work it on, on, in it on Photoshop until mm. I'm happy with it. I, I get in a little bit of strife because you know, I'm not a great person with all the, all the Photoshop techniques like layers and things. I tend to do it as a piece of art, and I send it down. When they're coming back and saying, oh, can you redo the grass a different color? No, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Either that or I've got to spend hours diddling around with it. Yeah. But. Mm. It's hard to find sort of that that part of the digital painting, I suppose, sometimes to just make a quick change. Oh yeah, it's not it that is simple. Well, if somebody's really good on all their layers, of course they can just pick the right place and they just they do it. But I'm, I'm not great at that, so. But I tend to tell people I'd give them warning in advance that they're going to mm. get a piece of are going to get a piece of illustration, mm. not necessarily some layered files they can because they quite like to fool around it with themselves if they, mm. as well, which I. <laughs> which would be quite hard as an artist, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm reasonably pragmatic. I once once it's off my plate, I, I and they're doing the publishing. I I tend to forget about it to a mm. certain degree. Yeah. Mm. So when did you start Red Shark? You know, in that sort of through that process, when did you get to your own business? My brothers Matthew and Luke started a um, a business which they originally called Tradewinds Publishing, and um, we 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 began working together. And so I think. In the middle of that process, I'd I'd done a painting, a big painting with a big, huge red shark in it, and somebody had just offhandedly suggested that would be a good name for a business. So I just grabbed it, and um, I just called myself Red Shark Illustration, and um, we ran a business together, but but did slightly different work. But we collaborated on a lot of things. If they needed illustration, if I needed design, we we, we had a, a collaboration for quite a long time, and then and then the the my, Matthew and Luke wanted to. Um, move on to doing a couple of different things they wanted to do um, they wanted to geographically they wanted to move and also uh, they wanted to change the sort of the accounting system stuff and I, to this day I still have a pencil and a book <laughs> just because <laughs> I got yeah yeah well, I think I've got one invoice a month at the moment or something like that so it's oh not exactly gosh. or two you know so it's, so so we we eventually kind of just um, even though we still collaborated a lot of time we just separated our business um, practice a little bit and and the others they both moved um, northwards and I, I stayed in Auckland and uh, 
but I became Red Red Shark Illustration then, and so I've I've I've, I've been running that ever since. And then I sort of upgraded it to Red Shark Art and Illustration when I when I when I started painting, which mm. sort of came out of out of the illustration practice, right. really. Yeah, that's really interesting. And um, how did you find? I mean, as running your own business, were you continuing to do obviously the school journals and and new books and and that kind of thing? Did the the, the work just kind of keep ticking along? It did. It did, and there was a, there was a massive amount of publishing um, uh, um, in the eighties in New Zealand, um, where, uh, say, Wendy Pye and Shortland Publications, people like that, they were they were doing massive amounts of books for overseas. They were doing huge programs for overseas, so there was a lot of work, and then um, and then suddenly. That whole publishing thing—I can't really even quite remember why it was—but that whole publishing thing changed, and then a lot of that work disappeared. Um, I think I think it was a sort of one of those things where uh, a lot of big businesses overseas they amalgamated and shifted their businesses away from New Zealand and put them into different different countries. And they used they wanted New Zealand as a place where they could sell books, but they didn't want any of the production done here. So an awful lot of the production and the illustration—I I ended up doing a little bit of work where I followed those companies overseas and said well I can still do the work if you're interested and I got a little bit but but they, they, they were fairly parochial you know <laughs> the Australian and American market is fairly parochial they, they tend to like their own, using their own people mm. and so an awful lot of that work was gone so it, so it changed and then I did a lot of work for um, for uh, for um, well, who was it that, that did all the school journals? Damn, I just did it. Learning minute. media. Learning media. Thank you, learning media. Um, and so I did a lot of work with them, and uh, uh, but I still did okay. You know, mm. I still I still did okay. I still still had plenty of work, and uh, and then it slowly just sort of it slowly wound down a little bit, and I sort of um, I. I became more interested in painting, really, but it, but it has been a combination of both. I'm still doing both mm. at the moment. I just finished a book about a week or two ago. Just finished a book for for uh, Lyft, and uh, and so now I'm on to painting for the um, for the art fair coming up, and yeah. for a couple of other projects. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. And I mean, I guess you're um, you know you can tell that it's the same artist that's making the illustration and and the painting. Yeah. So it, it feels quite linked, but it's still kind of different. So. How um, you know? What are the similarities? Do you think in, in the differences between illustration and, and your painting? Illustrated, il- illustration work is very prescriptive because you have a book and you have a particular thing you're doing. You know, Harry goes to the park, and so you've got Harry, you've got the park, you've got the dog. The, the, it's very you, you know what the subject matter. Whereas your own paintings, um, you very much. Um, and this is what I found a little bit tricky with it when I first started but not so much now was you you sort of got a you know you got the old blank canvas syndrome where you're looking at a big white piece of paper and you've got to come up with the idea the content and everything everything that's in it um so I tend to have a quite a, a sort of a um, the the illustration was very much um, in fact in fact interesting you saying that they're, they're similar because they because kids kids notice it you know I can see kids go into the gallery and they're sitting there looking at the painting and you can see them looking 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 and they they know they've seen it before and they and they'd ask they quite often they really? oh yeah they're smart about it yeah they ask they just say oh you I, do you do the school journals and I say yes I do you know and they say so they they know the work because I think schools are teaching sort of visual literacy these days mm. too they're they're teaching kids to be aware of Who's done the illustration? What it looks like, and, and mm. that kind of stuff, rather than just the story. So, but um, that's so good. Yes, but the but the paintings the paintings are very interesting because you've got to come up with your own content. And I've got quite a little, I got a little thing which I do, which is my own way of. It's a, pe- people think I'm skiving, but I go to a cafe and I'll. <laughs> 
<laughs> I sit down at a cafe with a cup of coffee and I'll get anything. I don't really care what it is, a magazine or something. And I kind of almost switch my head back to a slightly different to a slightly different area and I'll scan the magazine in a sort of a very open sort of way and anything anything that intuitively appeals to me I'll start sketching it and it's amazing if you can spend an hour or two doing that how often I can get almost an entire drift of an exhibition just out of one one cup of coffee I'll wow. sit down there and I'll and I'll be drawing and I've got a little book which I've got stuff in and and I'll and then I'll run back through it and I'll look through and I'll pick things out of it that's what I'm doing at the moment for the um for the for the art fair at Eden Park, I'm mm, I'm, I'm art picking in the park. art in the park. Yeah, I'm picking I'm picking out bits and putting them together. And I saw also like William Burroughs, you know, he used to cut all his text up and throw it on the floor and redo it. Well, I do that too. I sometimes just randomly put things together mm. and and swap them around or cut things out and stick them. On. I do things like that till I get something visually. Amazing. Well, and also also dreams. I I, I have a very um I've got a very ongoing practice of dr- I write down dreams so I'm quite good at picking them up and um, I've got a, a good dream journal and I write them down and often do a little sketch when I'm um, when I'm doing it and uh, so it'll be a combination of those whatever kind of almost is spiritually going on whatever I've gleaned from doing sketching out and about in the field in the cafe and and whatever's going on with um with my dream life I put those three together and they seem to and they, they make up a so an awful lot of the the images in my in my paintings are dream images which yeah. I think are interesting just mm. intrinsically you don't even have to add anything to them yeah 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 and mm. they're often a little bit quirky which I think they you are. could you could use that word to describe your your work it, it could be definitely used to do that yes yeah. yes and a bit sort of unusual unexpected I guess in yeah Yes. yes. And when you're in the cafe, do you actually watch the people and sort of draw them up as well sometimes? Or the I can do. On? Oh, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I listen to conversations and you mm. pick up little snippets of conversation. Because I like, I like writing a little bit too. I'm sort of busy writing various things, which uh, that's, that's, that would be my, my kind of uh, – that's 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 my aim for the next couple of years is to try and write a couple of things of my own because I've been doing books for other people endlessly mm. and I would love to do a couple of books of my own but they they seem to go in some really weird direction like <laughs> this I don't know if they're children's books at all I started writing something on royalty and I've got this this savage piece on royalty and and how weird I find it and I don't know if it's ever going to translate into a children's <laughs> book. It might have to be something else, but it would be yeah. visually interesting. Oh, you know? it'd be amazing! And yeah. there's those um, there's that other sort of not the children's books, but the other genre that's like what do they call it? That's sort of picture books, but it's more mature. Yeah, like teenagers, or there's a sort of other in between yeah. yeah. genre that you could aim it for, I guess. There was there was a person I met once who was an Australian um, illustrator. I, I, I can't remember his name offhand, but he he was like that. He said, "I just write books and then I just publish them." And he said, "Children love them, but other people don't think they're appropriate. But but the children actually love them." So mm. he he doesn't have any kind of audience in mind, which I think probably is a, yeah. is a better way to go. And but, I guess uh, the publishers and the sort of retailers kind of sort that out a little yeah. bit. They end up placing yeah. it where they feel it fits, which yeah. you can leave that to them, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, which is good. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. And for someone who hasn't seen your paintings, Fraser, how would you describe how they look? I mean, they're obviously very narrative. They are. Coming from those different areas you've just spoken about. But, you know, visually, how would you describe them? I remember somebody once described them as very busy, which I <laughs> 
wasn't particularly fond of, but they are. I think they're quite, they're, they're like little stories or little narratives that can often have four or five scenes in the painting. You have, you have, you have an ongoing scene and, and as I say, because of the way I sometimes construct them, they could have four or five completely different things going on in them. But I just, I, I tend to construct something that I like, uh, visually. And then I let everybody else make up their mind what the, what they like about it. But there's like a little visual parable almost. I would say they're a story, and you can glean out of them out of them whatever you like. I've I've got my own ideas about what I think about them, but I've had um, people who've bought my paintings who have had very very different ideas about it. So I tend not to tell people what I think about the content these days if I can help it because I had one guy he, he'd been quite unwell he'd, he'd, I think he'd had uh, some form of cancer I don't know what it was but he'd gone through this quite long process and come into a, into a good long term recovery and he said all the images in the painting spoke to him about the journey he'd been on with him and you know you don't want to tell him what you were thinking of <laughs> no, <laughs> ate that's too much right. cheese and had a dream and, you know, yeah. and wrote the thing you don't want to tell him what you think about that because their, their experience of it is far more interesting that's right and it's yeah. so sort of deeply personal to them the way they're connecting to your work yes it sort of almost spoils it if they yes. end up knowing the story I, I, someone came to the art in the park um last last year and and they said they'd bought one of my paintings and i started talking about they'd asked me what what were you thinking about when you're drawing and as i was talking i could see on her face that whatever it was it just really i just shut up really quickly because i could see off. it really wasn't yeah it really wasn't registering yeah she'd, she'd obviously had some completely different sort of idea and take on it so uh, mm. i tend to try and avoid that mm. if at all possible yeah it's really interesting and do you um ever find that you know when you're showing with your gallery the flagstaff gallery do they ever sort of make you do they ever feel like they need a description of the work in in that sort of gallery forum they i have i have been asked to do that um often have been asked to do that but what i tend to do is almost um try and put something um in the same vein as the actual images themselves i do something slightly more poetic and I do it very <laughs> it's really broad and it's and it's um and it's not specific. Mm. No. No. Yeah. And these days I actually haven't been asked to do that for a while, so I tend not to do that. Yeah, well they um, know that's your, not your style. No. <laughs> not no, your way, which no, is quite good. No. Yeah. And that's the nice thing about staying with the gallery for so long. So you, how long have you been with Flagstaff? Gosh, that's a very good question. Um Wow, 20, 20 something years, 20, mm. 25 years perhaps. That's amazing. I can't remember whether when, when EC and I have been married for, I think it'll be 23 years this year. I we Was I painting when we were first married? I don't know if I was. I think maybe I was. I was just getting started. Mm. Yeah. Maybe I'd done one exhibition before we got married. So, yeah. so, so you know, 23, 24 years. Yeah. And that's um, Flagstaff Gallery in Devonport where you. It is grew up yes which indeed. is pretty cool isn't it yes that's a nice connection it is a nice connection i knew i knew the woman um who owned the gallery um uh and i went down with a painting and said to her because i thought well maybe she might be receptive and i said to her look if i do three or four of those will you put them will you will you put them up and she said yes i will and so, so i did and they sold all of them bingo in about a day oh my they gosh. just went boom straight out the door so um uh so uh uh, that's been that. <laughs> yeah, so, so and the rest were, is history. The rest is history. They were very happy with that, obviously. Yeah, so, that's so, so good. Yeah, and so. it's very affirming, I guess, when you have that kind of reaction from people. Oh, it was remarkable. Mm. Yeah, 
It's like the art in the park itself. It's like going to the art in the park where suddenly you're going and you're very nervous. You're thinking, oh, everybody's going to buy everything else and walk straight past me. And um, and suddenly you've sold, you know, four or five works. And mm. it's just, it, it was quite an, I felt quite emotional about it afterwards, actually. And, um, and, uh, it was very affirming, as you quite rightly say, mm. because it suddenly you thought, oh, okay. And and what it was, interestingly, it was affirming because it had a number of different styles in there. I do I do um, a sort of a, a monotone thing that I do sometimes too. I think one piece one piece on the blog is a, is a piece, a long piece with a yeah. with a white horse in it and things like that. And um, and that was the first piece to sell. Um, and uh, so it was really affirming in, in very different styles. I, I had three or four different things that I'd done for that, and everybody liked all of it, which mm, was fantastic. So, so it gave me a real sort of uh, it gave me a real sort of um, permission to go and yeah. explore all those areas. Yeah, that's uh, coming up to the next one. So mm. good. Mm. And so your use of color. I mean, how would you describe how you use color? Apart from obviously some of them are, are more, you know, a limited color palette. Yeah, but um, I mean, some of them are pretty bright, aren't they? They are. And and is it? Would you say flat color or? It 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 is quite flat color. It's a, I once when when I used to paint in gouache when I was doing children's books, I I used to get accused of doing digital work. People say, oh, we don't take digital work because it was so so refined and so precise. I, I like very flat and I like very. Um, I like a really particular coverage of paint on the on the canvas. I like or, or board. I use these days. Um, I, I just I like a very nice flat, almost like a pastely look. And but but trying to get enough color out of it too. My sometimes because I I used, I used to work on black. I'd paint the whole canvas black first and work into black. Mm. Sometimes they can get a bit grayish. So you've really got to work hard to make sure you bring out enough color in those. I looked at a couple of those at various times and they and they 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 sort of began. To get like that, so you've really got to work hard to bring bring something out of it. And I've just finished one now, which is, which was very much like that. But um, I really put the color into it, and it was it was one what I wanted was a monotone that had color in it, but it, it was weirdly colorful by the end of it. Just mm. didn't it didn't quite do the monotone. But you can see if you you can see the monotone aspect to it. It has a sort of an interesting flatness about a certain areas, but with these very mm. big pops of color in it. So mm. so. Amazing. I tend to do something different every time, to be honest with you. The paintings tend to do their own thing, I find. I, I start on something and it, um, it, um, it, it, I get partway into it and I think, I have no idea what I'm doing here, no idea whatsoever. And every time I do a painting virtually, it, it's, it's, it's doing its own thing. So it tends to, it tends to progress in its own mm. way. Which uh, is um, different to your illustration work, I guess. Oh, very different to yeah. the illustration work. And I work. guess that's quite liberating in a way when you've been used to having more of a brief. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. No, this is the style of it. It's a. You'll start. I start did one a while back, which sold at the last exhibition at the um, Flagstaff, and and it was just completely different. I thought I said to said to Lois, I have no idea what I'm doing here. This is a completely different painting, and it it's just asking for different things to be done with it, different way of doing the paint. And I mean, I'm normally quite precise. I'll sit down and I'll draw the thing out almost. I'll grid it up and I'll draw it out precisely. And suddenly, this one just didn't want to do that at all. It just I had to actually almost free-handed just freehand the thing and, and paint mm. what I wanted and where I wanted as I was going so wow. terrified the pants off me <laughs> yeah but quite you know as I said quite sort of freeing too in yeah. some ways oh it is yeah and then yeah. how do you how do you actually build a painting I mean do you you obviously don't have the story sort of completely mapped out you don't know exactly where you're heading with it to no. start with no well, well I, I do I do um 
I have been reasonably precise in drawing the thing out quite often, and, and sometimes a bit loose. So like the last, the one I'm working on right now, um, I, I found a couple of pieces in my two little journals, my coffee coffee shop journal and my dream journal, and I really, I really decided which was on the left and which was just which looked best, and I just sellotaped them together and then work straight off that onto drawing the thing up but um and but trying to leave significant areas where i've actually just got to work straight on it with the paint and not have everything too too spelt out um but it's changing it's changes but i, I have had for a long time very precise where i'll draw the thing out grid it up draw mm. it on there and it's very it's very particular but mm. but the the main thing is just the actual delivery of the painting how it actually looks in the end it's got to have a particular look to make me happy and 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 it it has that in varying degrees. You know, I can do series of bits and pieces of work where I'm looking at and just going, <laughs> whatever it is, it just isn't happening. And then other ones are. Mm. But interestingly, the ones that I always think are really happening, the ones that I really like, are usually the ones that take the longest to sell. Exactly. I, I have no idea what people are going to like. Yeah. I'll put them all up, and all the ones I don't like, they're all gone. You know, or, or mm. like less than the others, they're all they all disappear. And the ones I I, I love, they sit there for years. <laughs> and what do you? What is it that you love about those those paintings? They, I, they just have a certain resonance to them, you know. Visual, re- I just look at them and they they have a they're singing the right song. I don't mm. know what it is. They're just there's something about it visually is is appealing to me. The colours sit right, Balance. it has the right feeling to it, and um, and uh, but you say there's no predicting. I've I've had pieces that I've wanted to paint over, and then next week they've sold. So who mm. knows? <laughs> so Fraser, what are you working on at the moment? I'm working on a series of paintings. I've got three things coming up this year. I've got Art in the Park at Eden Park in September, and then there's a group exhibition at the gallery uh, right after that, I think, October. And then next uh, February, there's a, a little exhibition at the um, at the Beehive at the Parliament. And uh, that was going to be this year, but... but due to various problems and COVID things and stuff like that, they've put it off. But uh, so that'll be a series of paintings down there. They're getting uh, some of the, some of the members of parliament who are picking a gallery from their area and that gallery is picking two or three people who will then produce some paintings and um, and uh, put them up for a, I think it's about a month at a time at mm. down at parliament so it'd be quite fun we'll yeah, be going down for a little brilliant. opening yeah so you've yeah. been invited by Flagstaff Gallery yes yeah. been invited by Flagstaff a cultural narratives I think is the name of the uh, cultural narratives ah. so that'll be interesting so that that, yeah. that sits very nicely with what I do so um, I'll just have to think about how how to do that mm. and will they invite people in to have a look or will it be a, like a public exhibition i'm not sure mm. to be honest with you i'm not sure about that I'll, yeah that's a good question yeah mm. presumably yes yeah mm. <laughs> great so you've got heaps of heaps of um, yeah. deadlines which is kind of good keeps yes. you honest so i'm in the what i'm in doing at the moment is i'm working for the um for the art fair and i'm working on about three pieces at the same time at the moment which i normally don't do normally i just work through one 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 you know finish one do the next do the next but i've just kind of got a lot of ideas at the moment i'm trying to sort of muck around with different things and uh one of the things i started doing last year was doing some uh i'd I'd been doing the same process for quite a while which was quite precise and quite carefully drawn out and i was getting a bit um it was beginning to feel a bit tight so i thought i'll just get some i've got a nice big ream of paper in my plan drawer so i hauled out a nice big piece of paper and i thought i'm just going to actually belt into it and um pick um 
a sketch that I like the look of, go straight at it and do the sketch exactly as it is almost um, on the page because often you, you go from your sketch to your finished piece and it all tightens up and it all starts getting all. So I thought I'd just try really carefully to try and big brush, long arm <laughs> and actually draw it um fairly loosely so I sort of did a, a wash on the on the paper and then I did a almost in the same wash color but it's slightly darker a, an underpainting of all the shapes and where everything goes and then a slightly darker shape again um, which actually picked it out more precisely and then I did I used black and I and I painted um, all the shadows and all the dark areas into the painting first and then went in with the colour after that. Mm. And I was sort of three quarters of the way through finishing it and one day I sat down and looked at it and I thought, you know, actually that thing's finished. And uh, I was going to paint the whole thing right over and remove all the underpainting. But in fact, actually, and there's a couple of pieces on the blog, you can see that the underpainting is left there. You can see the little black or the or the dark greyish sort of... Um, drawings, drawing underneath. So I left it because I suddenly thought, no, I actually really like those those pieces of drawing. And so so I did two pieces like that. So now I'm doing I'm doing some more like that. So I'm doing two more pieces like this and then I frame them so that they're actually framed pieces and done mm, like that. Nice. Trouble with trouble with that is of course is as soon as you start you know you know that you're leaving stuff, it immediately tightens up and you immediately start trying to plan for it. Whereas the first one was almost spontaneous where mm. I sat down one day and thought, oh, that looks good like that. But um there's no avoiding that. You've just got to try and do your best with yeah. that. So I'm working. I'm working on that at the moment, and I've, worked, I've just finished. A, a, um, I've always wanted two long pieces which would match one one a monotone and the other quite colourful. So I'm just working. I finished the colour piece, and I'm just working on a monotone piece at the moment. I'm just trying to decide whether to. I've normally just done them black and white, but I've got. I'm kind of tempted to do this one with a uh, a blue tone in it, so it's like almost like a blue, um, monotone, bluish monotone. So, but it'll have to be one more color. But I'm just I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm pondering <laughs> that whether that's so good. good. Yeah. So I've just I've drawn that up. It's all drawn up. So that's that's that. When I get back home this afternoon, that's exactly what I do. Is I'll sit down and I've got a a particular section which I pretty much know where I'm going with it. So I'll start that mm. and. Um, and if it's disastrous, then I can paint it over with black and start again because it's got there's nothing drawn on there anyway. Yeah. It's just going to be bush. So yeah, and that's so, the great thing about painting that you can actually just you know, yeah start again. Yeah, paint up the top. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm fussy about textures, so I get uh, I get out the sandpaper. You know, if I make a mistake sometimes, and then even if there's little lumpy bits, I'm not happy with it. I sandpaper oh, really? and then black it. I mean, you <laughs> do like it nice and flat. I do. That's why I like. That's why I use board. I, I've mm. got um, frames by Daniel, is who I Daniel makes these really lovely um, frames, which are wood with MDF on top, so they're super fine, and they and so they're just you know I'm. Some of my other painting friends laugh at me because I've got these, you know, almost like the Salvador Dali single hair brush, you know, I'm in there with these <laughs> tiny wee brushes. And if you take two steps back, you can't even see what's there. But um, but that's just the way I, I, I that's what I love doing. Mm. I've got a really nice, nice tiny brushes, and mm. none of my brushes are particularly big. I'm not, a, I'm not, cool. a, not a bold painter. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? How people talk about how you should be using that big open arm and, yeah. you know, and there's no rules really. It's just what lights your own fire, I guess. Yeah, well, when we were at the when we were at ATI, we used to have to do an exercise where we used to have a, a pencil tied to the end of a bamboo stick, mm. and we used to have to draw on an enormous piece of paper on the wall and try and do that, which is entertaining in itself. But I'm the polar opposite to that these days. Yeah, it's not <laughs> I'm the in way there with, you like to work. No, I'm in there with my glasses and the small brush. 
brush here. (laughs) Which can be difficult. That sort of small, detailed work when your eyesight is starting to play tricks on you. Yes, my glasses are getting stronger and stronger. Yeah. And it's sometimes – but also you've got to be patient too. You've got to decide, okay, this is going to take a certain amount of time. The one I've just finished – that's just taken me forever, you know. But mm. um, So how long is it for you to create a painting? That one's been about three months, I think. It's taken me to do that one, two or three months. And then they're not, not, not consistently too because I'm, I'm getting – because Lois is the main breadwinner these days, I'm getting to be a man of leisure. So <laughs> <laughs> I, tend to, I tend to be – I tend to potter. You know, I, I, I do a bit and I stop and I do a bit and I stop. But um, – but I'm picking up pace now because I know I've got quite a bit to do. Yeah. So, so it's quite uh, good sometimes having those deadlines to keep you, you know, working towards that, I guess. Absolutely. And I, and I work quite well with, with pressure. I'm, I'm pretty good. I, I kind of tend to have a good instinctive knowledge about how many hours I've got and how many hours it's going to take me to finish it. And mm. once it hits that point, I start working fairly uh, f- frenetically. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. can be good. Can be good. Yeah. And um, – I mean, obviously, you can see sort of inspiration that's come from places like Tonga and Spain yep. and the ocean. Um, what, apart from, you know, studying people and magazines and other things like that and mm. dreams, you know, where else does your inspiration come from? Um, I think I said my little bio, I'm a bit of a magpie. I tend to pick up stuff from everywhere. I, I was really big on underground cartoons, you know, when I was younger. So Robert Crumb and all those wildly inappropriate underground comics, which I thought were fabulous. I loved those. I loved Salvador Dali. I loved I loved anything, it's just anything and everything. I, I tend to pick up stuff from everywhere. Um but um, you know, say, say as you say, Tonga was a, a huge influence. My, my brother went there first. Matthew went there, and then he said, oh, "I think you're really going to like this place." So I went there, and I just man, I adored the place. I just thought, "I'm never going to." It was almost. He said, "I almost went there, and I never came back." You know, really? <laughs> the same person anyway. And um, so I, I loved that place. I loved the I loved the 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 bush. I loved the plants. I loved the the water. Everything about it. I used to take my sketchbook into the bush, and I sketched, you know, all the all the plants and all the bushes and that's I've got all that sort of stuff but interestingly one of the places that I that I get an awful lot of my my inspiration for trees and shapes and things like that is from um, Mesopotamian bass reliefs you know those sculptures that they use which which were very two-dimensional because they're always on a wall and were fabulous they're fabulously sculptural and beautiful um Beautiful shapes, you know, like date palms. They just had this incredible way they used to do the fronds and the and the way they did. I I love that. So an awful lot of what I do, I sort of picked up from there, and I still do. I still go back and troll through, uh, you know, that sort of stuff. When mm. I went to Paris, you know, everybody's running up looking at the Mona Lisa. Well, I went downstairs. <laughs> I went into the basement. I went into the basement where they had all the Mesopotamian stuff. And, oh, it was just heaven. Mm-hmm. They had the you know they had the sphinxes down there. There was a big sphinx down there, and there was just all these incredible you know, enormous pieces of, of winged sort of um, godlike lions and things they had. God, that was fantastic. So I sketched, I, I took the, I, I still have the uh, the little, um, what do you call it, the, the the piece of paper they give you when you first go in that gives you the map of where you're looking. Mm. I, it's, I've still got it sitting in my 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 sketch um, bags with um, all my little drawings all over it of all the stuff that I saw in there. Oh, wow. So um 
so it tends to be fairly eclectic and, and all And Spain, Spain again was a really interesting, we spent a year, Yesi and I spent a year in Spain, we still, we just we just lived there for a year and right on the coast and again that was a really interesting, interesting influence. Mm, you can see some sort of buildings sometimes remind me of Spain and, mm. and some of the nature obviously sort of comes into it, doesn't it? And it does. Are, are you kind of combining, do you think, all of these inspirations to make your own sort of characters in response to these things, do you think? I think so, yeah. I think all of it just I don't I don't I don't think I consciously go about trying to produce a particular look or but I just um uh it's it, what it's sort of almost done is amplified what I naturally had there and so now I have uh, a whole lot more, you know if you go in, in North Africa and Spain all that Moorish architecture just unbelievable beautiful and um and um and very different and sort of square and stucco and the windows just the way it does. So I've got a, a lot of that sort of added into what I had, but it sort of tend to sort of tends to sort of enriched um, a natural inclination I had for buildings and shapes and and uh, these beautiful coastal places in Spain that where I stayed at a place called La Herradura. It's right on the southern coast if you do down from Granada, from mm. Granada virtually right to the coast, and has this incredible headland that's come down, which has appeared in a number of paintings. Mm. <laughs> so just things like that. And it's very much like here. Headlands here, I think, are incredibly um, iconic almost. You see these beautiful things that go out into the sea. I almost start, almost start when I do my paintings with a almost like a structure. I almost have like a horizon line and a land and and then and, and then a then headlands coming in. I almost have a structure in which everything mm, goes and a place. Do you actually put things into a place mostly? I think I do. And I and I'm tending to try and not not do that at the moment to try and not have it so it's so completely locked into that. Um, I started looking at some of those older um, um, impressionist artists and stuff and looking at the looseness of their mm. structures. And I, and, I, and I really like those structures. They, they, they don't have that because I was very locked into this sort of very almost like grid-like mm. horizon front, you know, and so now I'm trying to – but it's very hard to get away from that. Yeah, uh, it would be. I looked at – what, what really interested me was I, was I was looking at the old Hutu and Kawa books. Do you remember those the, the little the little ones that – Hutu and Kawa were, were a series of New Zealand children's books and and – and we, I, we had them when we were kids. And when I looked at the structures and the, and the illustrations of the Hutu and Kawa books, boy, it was exactly what I did. It was exactly what I did. I was amazed. I looked at and they had, they had the little horizon, they had the little sea, and they got the little foreground and the little tropical plants. And really? <laughs> Hutu and Kawa doing their thing. And thinking, yeah, oh, yeah, I thought that's really interesting. Maybe it was just sort of in there subliminally. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And I think all these other things have sort of almost, mm. they've just, Maybe I get attracted to the same things mm, and and mm. just but different versions of it. Yeah, and it's almost like you're storing all these sort of all these moments that you've experienced through your life in your head, and that sort of probably comes out in your dreams, and then yeah. sort of is just in your thoughts, and then that creates this sort of narrative. Yeah, 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 it does it's pretty cool. The dreams, the dreams are interesting. Mm. You can't beat those. I had one the other day about trying to chase wild animals out of the house, lions and things, you know, coming in through the windows and <laughs> out through the windows and chasing them down the hall. And yeah, my wife just looked at me and said, oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, and, but uh, I wonder what that's saying <laughs> about yes, you or yes, exactly. your life. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Trying, yeah. To, trying to be, get that, 
too uptight, I think, trying to try not not you know not allowing life to happen perhaps so mm. much. You know, trying to all these all this wildness is within the house, and you're busy trying to trying to get a get some order. The old tong and like the old trong and broom, the telfar, like trying to chase them out the door. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. So all that need for control or something. That, that's it. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's it. It's so interesting, and I guess that sort of idea of you know putting work into a place. Because your works are so narrative, it just it sort of makes sense to have the sense of place in the narrative, and yeah. maybe that helps the people, the viewer, to kind of you know create that story in their own head when you're providing that sort of place, maybe. Yeah. But it'll be really interesting to kind of take it away from that and see what happens. Sometimes with the dreams, they're interesting because they have an entirely different um, kind of landscape in them. So if you if you're true to the dream in terms of the landscape, I think one of the ones on on the blog is 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 this one of a surfer coming down a hill. Mm. That was quite true to the landscape that was in the dream. It's sort of um and it's not necessarily logical, but yeah. But I but I have constructed a certain amount of things that I like myself too. There's mm. there's there's hills and things and I can't yeah. resist it. And moons, there's always moons and suns, but But it's uh, not always um realistic or sort of no. Yeah. No. Far from it. Yeah. 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 Can be mm. sort of a a confused version of a landscape in some ways, or yeah. a quirky one at least. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I always laugh saying, "Oh, yes, I do do landscape painting, but <laughs> yeah, just of a very different, a kind. different form." Yeah. And so you mentioned Salvador Dali. Are there any other artists who inspire you? Um, I think. Um, now it's going to challenge my aging brain to try and think of people's names. I, I just can't do names these days, man. I walk through the supermarket and it's like you see all these people. You, you know, you know these people, but yeah, it's <laughs> I cannot get. It? Oh, it's terrible. It's I know. Terrible. Um, what's his name? Um, he. Uh, no, I'm not going to be able to get it. <laughs> <laughs> but is it all kind of daily? Kind of, you know, the the quirky artists who are quite sort of. Abstract fantasy kind of they feels. are they are all that dream that sort of dreamscape yeah. kind of thing was very much very much like that Miro yeah. maybe yeah, yeah Miro yeah exactly mm. yep yep the Spanish yep artists. the Spanish artist yeah. yes exactly yeah oh that's so interesting and um, what do you think you prefer between the painting and the illustration or is it does it all kind of blend it all kind of blends but I am actually these days I'm enjoying the painting um, a lot more and I'm and and uh, um, I tend to also be lucky in terms that I have a little more open time these days. It's not so financially critical for me to um, to be doing a lot of illustration work, which is which has always been in many ways the way I've made my living. And but but uh, because of our 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 sort of our fluid financial situation between my wife and I, Lucy tends to be working a lot at the moment, has really good work, and I sometimes I do, and so she's she's up at the moment. So I tend to have a little more time. So I tend to like to uh, paint a lot because I've done I've done a lot of books and I I, I sort of get sometimes a little too um, characterized into one particular thing and I would like to do my own books in fact actually the moment was what I would like to do mm. because I would like to loosen that up a bit and go back because mm. when I very first started doing books uh, I, I had a very wild style it was very very wild and very offbeat and it's tended to sort of tighten and tighten and tighten to these days where I sort of have very particular things that people like that I do or want from me and I and I'm and I'm preferring to um, – I would like to um, 
do something that's more uh, self-generated mm. in terms of the books as well. But but um, the painting is very – I'm really enjoying the painting. I like the pace of it. I like the whole creative side of it. Um, and, and also, you know, of course, the fact is that, that people are buying them, so that's fabulous. And I'm afraid COVID has been the best thing ever <laughs> <laughs> to me, I'm afraid as far as painting yeah. goes. Every, every, I think people suddenly they weren't going overseas. They weren't. They were starting to work on their houses. They were starting to do things with their money um, that were different. And so they started. I think people were buying paintings. Mm. People who suddenly thought, oh, you know, if I ever get any extra money, I'll buy that painting. Well, they started buying them. So, yeah. so I, the paintings have been selling really well. And so I've been having a, I've been having a very nice couple of years to that's be honest so with good. you. That's so good. And it's you know you can really see your passion and sort of excitement that's generated from. From your practice, your painting especially, mm. and you know, I feel like you've got so much time ahead of you to just keep exploring. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is yeah, exciting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So long as I can paint, I can do. I can. Re- and it's really interesting because it's it's interesting to try and keep recreating yourself because you can get stuck into a particular thing, and then it's very difficult to get yourself out of it. it I, I'm. I've quite good I recognize fairly quickly when I'm in that place where I where I know like I'm actually getting sick of this yeah <laughs> and, and this isn't this isn't producing it's getting too tired I'm not enjoying it and so I tend to like get the paper out and I'll start doing something completely different and then if it's if it's good and I like it that's great because it kicks you off on a new thing and and so at the moment I'm enjoying my painting because I tend to be sort of into into a into a uh, well similar. I just feel like I'm into a new area mm, again, and yeah. I'm feeling really. I'm 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 sort of like chomping at the bit to get back into the studio and paint. You know, mm. like I can't wait to get onto this monotone piece today and just to see what happens with this particular thing that I'm going to do because mm. I can usually tell quite quickly whether something's going to gel or not. You know, some some paintings just stagger along and never never come right, and others they they immediately begin to come. In place, and you think, oh yes, that's looking good. That's looking yeah, good. But uh, like, well, some some aren't feeling. like yeah, sorry. Some 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 aren't like that. Some some are very tricky. Sometimes it doesn't matter till you put the last daisy in, and it's and it comes right. But but that's that's slightly more rare. You, you can usually feel as you're going along mm. whether things going in the right direction. Yeah, but. which is so great, isn't it? Mm. Such a good feeling. And I guess you know your work. You know, I know of artists who have who have done a certain style which has been very popular, and then they start sort of changing it slightly, and then. You know, some people don't continue that journey with the artist because they no. prefer the old stuff kind yes. of thing, which is something that, you know, artists experience sometimes, I guess. And and you're, in a way, it's great for you because you have that style mm. that is connected all the way through, but it's sort of changing up. Um, you know, the processes are changing slightly or yeah. the way what you're working on, that kind of thing. But people, I imagine, who have bought stuff a while ago are still going to be interested in what you're producing now. Even though it's different, because yes. it's still kind of the sort of artwork they love, kind of thing. Yes, and yeah. that, that's where you've got to be really devoted to um, how you produce the work too, and making sure that you're really happy with what you're producing. Because I think sometimes starting into uh, doing something new, you, you have to be prepared to quietly produce a lot of crap for a while, mm. <laughs> because otherwise you can't do it. Because you, your first venture into something sometimes is not particularly successful and you've got to be quite sort of determined to stick with it till it begins to come into something that 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 you, that you like it's a difficult but I've been really lucky over the years because I one of the one of the long term I haven't mentioned this yet one of the long term illustration projects which I've been on has been I've been working for a magazine called the New Zealand Doctor magazine and um 
and uh, Barbara Fountain owns it now. She she uh, was part of the team for years and years, and then she bought it. And uh, and they've been fantastic because I've been working for them for my entire illustration career, and I think I've been working for them for over thirty years now. And I've been doing like two illustrations a fortnight-ish for thirty something years. They've got a massive kind of collection of interesting things, and they've been really good because they've they've let me do. Every time I felt like changing, they just said, yes, good, go ahead and do it. So I started with a particular side and then I just do something completely different, then something completely different. I've been really experimental right through that whole period. And so I've got a 30-year thing where I've changed probably, you know, seven or eight times, significantly changed the sort of style I've done. So, So I tend to... I tend to like moving on. I don't like getting stuck mm. with things. And, and so so it's just a matter of trying to produce something that you're happy with then. Yeah. Because sometimes I think, again, people, as you say, if they start a new practice, sometimes um, they've, they're so well-versed and so refined in their old practice, their new practice isn't quite, isn't quite doing the same, isn't quite doing the same yeah. thing. So, yeah. Or people just aren't connecting in the same way. No. So what are you making for this doctor magazine? What kind of work? <laughs> ah, well, I've got, I've got uh, various different things, but at the moment, mostly we've, we've got a thing called the, the how to treat section, which is like a, uh, uh, every, every fortnight you get a medical condition. I have an encyclopedic medical knowledge these days as well because I've had to read, you know, an article on some <laughs> medical condition every two weeks it can make you a little um make you a little neurotic though you keep yeah. really think oh that sounds like me you know <laughs> but but it's um it's it's the how to treat is fascinating and so i at various times i've i've been quite offbeat and amusing with it and in various times you've got to be a little more sensitive because some subjects people don't really want to laugh at but but i tend to think illustration you sort of need to be able to have a reasonable laugh so i've done some i think i think the I think I've I've had a couple where people complained. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I had one. I think there's a woman wrote in and said she couldn't read the article without putting a coffee cup on the illustration. So that was. Cool. <laughs> and what sort of is it like a cartoon? It's, it's a comic-y sort of. Uh, well, it's an illust- no, it's it's an illustration. I think the piece that uh, you've got a piece in there which is on menopause. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, that yeah. was one of them. Yeah, so, so, so that's in your blog post. I'll, yeah. I'll put a note to that. Okay, yeah. good. So it, it tends to you tend to sort of try to get a I try to get a take on a particular subject that is that is. Um, not too serious and not too literal, but actually lends itself to the um, underlying story of it. So it's mm. trying to sort of pick an interesting sort of way of looking at it, and and uh, and so yeah. So I've done those for years. That's and so, really interesting, and yeah. that would make a great exhibition, wouldn't it? Like a retrospective of your absolutely. Connection. That would that's a book. Barbara and I've yeah. been thinking about a book for totally. that forever, and uh, we just haven't worked out a format or haven't been sort of actually mm. got ourselves down with a coffee and a table to actually work out how we're going to do it but that would be make a It'd lovely a book, book interesting book yeah yeah and seeing the development over the years the problem the problem was trying to remember what some of the old, i looked at the old ones and i have no idea what they're <laughs> some of them are so offbeat i can't even imagine what they were about but yeah but, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good and do you um do you actually ever sort of do any collaborative work with other artists or are you um more no. just with the illustration you know the people you're yeah. involved with yeah, probably just more the illustration. Mm. I sort of with with um, um, uh, with my brothers because we're, we're Matthew and I have done a we've we've done quite a number of Matthew and Luke and I've done a number of books together. Um, but um, Matthew and I recently have done um, some books for Penguin Books, uh, 
and he's he's done the conceptual idea and i've done i've done the illustration so we we, we collaborate like that we've got a, we're, we've we've got a, a number of books with them over the last few years which are doing which are doing well mm. again on the blog there's another piece the the boy with the incredibly um curly hair yeah. and the power shirt yeah he's he's out of one of those books mm. um uh but no, not 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 necessarily collaborative with uh, with other artists i i tend to be a bit of a solo mm. solo yeah. solo which flyer with that regard are, i guess yes and do you have like a network of artists or sort of friends who are artists who um sort of you feel supported by do you think i i'm very i'm very i'm very on my own you know, I have I have people who I came through a AUT with and and people who are doing their own practice and stuff. But we we tend to just we, we bump into each other when mm. we do. But um, but I I tend to I tend to be uh, I tend to you know one thing about uh, you've got to you got to be able to keep yourself buoyant. You know, sometimes you're in the same place, you're in the same house day in day out painting and stuff. I've got to get out. And fortunately, one of my practices is to go to a coffee shop and paint or yeah. to go and draw. I've got to get myself out and do a few things because it can get a bit, uh, you know, get a yeah. bit cabin fever. Yeah. But, um, and you get into your own head a little bit too much sometimes. Oh, boy, that's, a <laughs> <laughs> that's another oh, podcast. Yes. That's another podcast, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or a therapy session or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so interesting though, isn't it, how, how it is for people working from home. And do you ever sort of find, obviously with your illustration, you know, you've been sort of held to certain deals and contracts and whatever, mm. but do you ever feel with your painting that you just kind of shut down and get a creative block? Uh not too bad. I, I what I what I do is I get I get stylistically um kind of uh corner myself. I get stylistically cornered and so I get to a point where I know I'm not enjoying what I'm doing and I know it's not it's not singing the right song, as I said before. I know it's not and so I, I tend to have to then try and back up and try and move in a different direction or do something different. Mm. Um I don't so much get stuck for ideas I, I i think i have been at times but i i tend to sort of the, the areas that i get my ideas from tend to be reasonably spontaneous i mean the old dream journal is you're going to get something fresh every week and and, and i so, love that have yeah. you written down your wild animals in the house Oh yeah, that's in the general. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the 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 general theme of dreams seems to me at the moment this sort of emptying out seems to be really interesting. Mm. Staying in some overcrowded tent and thinking, how the hell am I going to clear this up before I go? And suddenly realize all I've got to do is put my few things in a backpack and leave. <laughs> so, you know that kind of thing. And one a really interesting one about Santana the other day, you know, on a sort of empty lot where suddenly all these workers were suddenly hauling everything off this empty lot. And and it just disappeared. And so there's nothing on there except the clay of a sort of almost like a new building project. And then went to sit in my car and it was also nothing but a pile of clay on the ground. So wow. this interesting thing about disappearing. And, yeah. and so I can interpret that visually in all sorts of ways. Mm. And so, so, That's so amazing. It's yeah. like a gift, isn't it? And the fact yeah. that you can actually remember your dreams. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, they come and go. Uh, you know, sometimes I have a patch where they're, where they're not so there, but often often they are. Mm. You know, and so I I'll just. Why? Well, I don't have very interesting dreams. You, you probably. Oh, I don't really remember them. Yeah, put put a pencil and a book next to your bed and yeah. see if they. <laughs> so you do that through the night, I, or yeah, I, yeah. I can do. But uh, do you normally I, remember in the morning? Generally, yeah. I generally have been a bit more lazy on that on that front. I just generally, if something's if mm. I remember something in the morning, I just mm. write it down. But I've got a nice big fat journal full of, mm. you know, yeah. It sounds like you never will have a shortage of ideas. No, I could mine all the old ones. I've got I've got yeah. I've got about four 
big fat books full of dreams from I mean way 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 back way way back. So I could good. go and mine all those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, a lifetime of of inspiration. <laughs> and so, um, what would you say, Fraser, to your younger artistic self? <sighs> my younger artistic self to, to, to let go of, of other people to, to try and very early on weed other people out of your head in terms of because people tend to um, uh, there's a really good book uh, Julia Cameron wrote a couple of really good, good books called um, I think Walking the World and the Artist Way were yeah. two books you wrote about and she was really good about that being aware when somebody's says something and it gets into your head and and, and it, like a little hook and being 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 just aware of 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 the fact that you can happily pursue your own your own artistic path and and do it without being so concerned about other people and that would be a general theme for me but mm. uh, but yeah I would say something like that mm. um just be a bit braver, you know. Just, be, just if you if you if you really want to do something, do it. Go and see somebody. You know, you could you can plan things in your head for hours and hours and weeks and weeks, and then when you actually go and do it, it actually works out or it doesn't within five minutes. So you can you can waste a lot of energy being in your head. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 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 And we do get a bit wiser the older we get, I guess. Hopefully, we, we, we do. We do. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> And um, just to finish off, um, I can't remember what I was just about to ask you, actually. What was it? Something really super interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I've remembered. It was, what do you love most about what you do? I think that it is something that's really well suited to um, to whatever my most internal passion is, that it, it's something in which I get to express something spiritual, something um, visual, an idea, a very different. And also, also I tend to be a person who, who I like. To, I like to be different. Huh? I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram, but Enneagram fours, you've got to be anything but but anything but regular. You've got to be different. So it gives me a chance to be different in a, in a way that's creative and industry, interesting. It's got a good way of expressing that differentness. Um, and and as you say, hopefully you mature and you're not being different in an obnoxious way. That, that that's <laughs> that's been around a bit, but <laughs> but um, but hopefully you still got a little bit of that wild child in you. Ah, uh, yes, there's still <laughs> there's still plenty of that. Yes, there is still plenty of that. But I just find it it's it's a it's a career that suits me intrinsically. Really suits me, and I, and I and I really enjoy it. And I and I just I always I just I love I love painting too. I love the actual producing of of images. It's something that I really really enjoy and and putting up. And also, I've, I find that if you're getting if you're getting good feedback from people, also it's 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 um, something in which you feel good about yourself because people are saying your books are lovely. This is great. The paint is great. Mm. I bought your painting. You know, my wife and I love it. We look at it and it reminds us of this and that. It's 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 a lovely process. Yeah, it's a real privilege. Isn't it, it is a privilege. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And my wife, my wife's super. You know, she the, she just says the more the more you yourself, the more you actually just get into this and forget about any other ideas about what you should or shouldn't, the better. 
off you are. She's she's been a uh, she's a treasure in that regard and mm. in many regards. <laughs> yeah, I can see that you have a real connection with her. Which yeah, we, is well, so we, nice. we both we both say that what we what we do for each other in a really large degree is is make space and give each other permission to do do whatever we want to do. Mm. She does it with her work. She's a care. She does care work, and she's fabulous at it. She's gifted. I I say she's gifted at it, but she she sort of dresses for it too. She has she puts on these incredible sort of cat ears and she wears incredibly interesting eclectic clothes and she goes and she's it's sort of halfway between care and entertaining she does Mm. this incredible sort of role and and so we both give each other permission to uh do the thing to a hundred percent yeah sounds brilliant what a great partnership Mm. yeah so good Okay, Fraser, we are going to have to wrap it up. But thank you very, very much for coming out to Windy Murawai today. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. It's been lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's been so nice to chat. I've really enjoyed what you've had to say. And, yeah, it's, it's been a fun morning. And um, I think you with your... With your pink shirt and your and your scarf and your wavy grey hair, yes. <laughs> looks sort of the part. And uh, as you say, you know you're your own person, and uh, you've been such an interesting person to speak with. So thank you. Oh, oh thank you, man. I was saying, I had I think I had a number one I had a number one on top of, on top of my head for a number of years with the old with the old shaver, and then suddenly I thought one day I wonder what would happen if I just left it alone. So there you go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> thank you.